Good morning and good Tuesday. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Slate of Affairs, a podcast dedicated to critical conversations about pop culture and politics by black and brown voices lived and in color. Now today we're talking about the noms, the snubs, and the scandals. We're talking about the Grammys. But first, let's get into what's happening. Here at Slate of Affairs, we like to start with something light before we do the heavy lifting. This is a segment in which we highlight the happy in the headlines. This is What's Happening. Now, before we get into what's happening, we have a little bit of an announcement. We are going to be switching our podcast release to Tuesday mornings. The truth of the matter is all of us are uh, in school to some capacity or, you know, starting different journeys in our life. And we are having a difficult time... (laughs) doing everything over the weekend. So we're just allowing ourselves one more day on Monday to uh, package everything for everybody who's listening. We thank you so much for sticking with us this far. Um, Either you're glutton for punishment or you really do enjoy listening to us. Uh, And so we thank you. Let's get into what's happening. Blake, what is happening with you this week? Y'all know Black excellence is always happening, but I have to be honest, this time around, it's myself. I'm making myself like three snaps, you know what I mean? Pat myself on the back. Because listen, uh, if y'all don't know, your boy loves, loves, loves Christmas. It's my favorite fucking holiday. My birthday's right afterwards. So December's just popping. But usually your boy's waiting until like 2.5 seconds before Christmas happens to put up decor. This year, though, he had it up last week, which marks a whole month plus a week that I'm ahead of the game. Like the Christmas tree, the wreath. Everything is on point, and I'm just so fucking happy for myself. <laughs> I really I'm am. Honestly, so happy for you because after Thanksgiving, I was like, oh, maybe it's time to put up Christmas, and I've done shit. So go you. So I'm, I'm not really decorating at all this year. Uh, usually, we have a huge tree up in the living room, but um, we're foregoing that this year. What I've done. Uh, is I've invested in candles. So I've mentioned it before, but I'm really into Bath and Body Works right now. Um, and I purchased a bunch of Christmas candles, uh, I think like a month ago. Uh, and so I'm waiting, I've been waiting to finish the Thanksgiving candles that I have. Mm-hmm. I know I have Thanksgiving candles. Um, and once I finish those, I'm going to put out the winter ones. Like I have winter candy apple that smells really good, salted caramel eggnog, spiced gingerbread, just to name a few. Um, they're fucking great. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for Christmas. I really am. Um, I'm excited to you know snuggle up and uh, not do anything you know like I did for <laughs> most of this year. I love it, Tati, honey. What is happening with you? Okay, so it's kind of like a small thing, but. I've really enjoyed um, all of the like memes and videos and like TikToks or whatever that Cardi B shares on her Instagram of <laughs> different families on Thanksgiving using WAP lyrics to oh label their That's foods so at Thanksgiving dinner. I thought it was a very creative um, – well, I don't know. The internet is just so fucking crazy because there's moments <laughs> where it's like – very toxic and dangerous but then there's also moments where i'm like i love to see this shit of just these random families in where i don't know but doing just like really funny and creative shit on thanksgiving and sharing it for the world to see it was it's cool 
I do want to pick up on last week. I did not have Chinese food for Thanksgiving this year, um, just because I did have some people reach out to me and ask, uh, you know, if I was. And Are I, you I, okay? I, yeah, <laughs> they were. It was a wellness check. That's what it was. I don't celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, and my boyfriend is very similar, but he did, <laughs> he did cook an entire vegan Thanksgiving, which was surprisingly really fantastic. Yeah, um, when you texted us that morning and you were like, we had an entire vegan Thanksgiving. I know Blake and I through the phone, we were like, that's <laughs> nice for y'all. I mean, Whoa. but I'll be honest though, like for <laughs> Thanksgiving, cool. if you if you look at the grand scheme of things, I mean, outside of your turkey and ham, all the rest of the bitches hey. are sides yeah. and primarily <laughs> vegetable sides, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, it's it seems like it easily can be converted to vegan. Yeah, I will say those vegan mashed potatoes really did slap. Those are really good. He also made like a vegan gravy. Um, mm. I don't know how he made it. Either. I don't know what about regular gravy would make it's it not. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know either. I think the better part. But the thing is, is you support you support your partner in whatever endeavor or venture they're doing in their life, and uh, that is what I'm doing. <laughs> so Daniel, besides vegan Thanksgiving, what is going on with you this week? So um, here in Los Angeles, Black Lives Matter LA is meeting in front of Eric Garcetti's mayor's mansion. Essentially what they're doing is they're uh, taking to the streets and also social media to block Garcetti from receiving any sort of nomination in Joe Biden's cabinet. Joe Biden has looked to Garcetti possibly to be the director of HUD or uh, transportation. Um, but here in LA, Eric Garcetti has such a terrible reputation. They're just continuing to do the work on the streets and on social media to get the word out there. You can go to GarcettiVille.com um, if you want any more information. You could also take to Black Lives Matter LA's uh, Instagram as well. They have information there. Um, but yeah, I think it's awesome. Also, they've been protesting like every single fucking day. More and more people are coming. What's even more awesome is Sven the cat. There is a cat in the local neighborhood who <laughs> literally is on the streets with the protesters, like just happy that people are around. Like there's so many videos. They literally made him a collar uh, with a heart on it that says fuck Garcetti. Uh, and so nobody, I have no idea who this cat is. Like nobody knows who this cat belongs to. But the cat is out. Spoiler alert. It's um, the mayor's cat. <laughs> like, <laughs> y'all been loving the mayor's cat. Y'all been feeding the mayor's cat. <laughs> out there, up in the streets. like. But he's so cute because he's just like excited that people are, are there. Shout out to BLM for always showing up and showing out. You for know, real, though. Because uh, they saved the day. But I don't always. This past week, the 2021 Grammy nominations were released. Now, as a self-appointed award show ho, my ass was all up in those nominees. The Grammys awards music genres from rap all the way to bluesgrass. But here at Slave Affairs, we know better than to speak on things we know nothing about. So we're going to let you guys get your hot takes on rock and country somewhere else. We'll stick to the conversations surrounding pop, R&B, best record, best pop performance, and all of the things related to that. But first, we want to really get into our predictions, our feelings about some of the major categories. First category I would like us to get into is best record of the year. So the best record of the year, the nominees are 
Black Parade by Beyonce, Colors by the Black Pumas, Rockstar by DaBaby featuring Roddy Rich, Say So by Doja Cat, Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa, Circles by Post Malone, and Savage by Megan Thee Stallion featuring Beyonce. Y'all, what do we think about this category so far? There's a lot going on in this category because, mind you, record of the year along with album of the year is a compilation between all of the different genres. So there are some people here in this category that I have no idea about. I will say if there's any song that epitomizes record of the year, um, it'd probably have to be Savage, uh, Megan Thee Stallion, like Mm -hmm. featuring Beyonce. I'm a savage, had a too nasty, talk big shit, but my bank account match it, hood, but I'm classy, rich, but I'm ratchet. Haters kept my name in their mouth, not a gag. Not only entered the mainstream, but it also, you know, entered so many different aspects of our culture. Mm-hmm. And it really does sum up the thing that kind of like tied everybody together this year. Um, and then also Beyonce is the feature on that track, which is just like an entire episode alone. Um, it was savage, no pun intended. Yeah. And, and then Say So would probably be a close second. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm a little disappointed personally that do it by Chloe and Hallie is not in this lineup. Oh, yeah. Daniel, you better represent for the gals. I feel the same way. I, yeah, I'm a little, you know, disappointed that they didn't make it in, but I have to be honest with you guys. I, as much as I love Meg, I don't know if I want, or if I predict Savage being a uh, record of the year. And I say that only for this reason. Savage was out prior to Yonsei hopping on the track, right? And I feel mm. like for me personally, for a record to be that bitch for the year, I feel like without adding any additions to it, it should already stand. So the fact, okay. so I'm yeah. not, I'm not saying that it couldn't have reached that level, but it certainly was not Especially at that level prior to considering Beyonce. the fact that prior to Beyonce jumping on the remix, we're, I mean, we're just being objectively honest here, right? We ride for Megan. We ride right. for Beyonce. But I think we were all kind of over Savage. Like the TikTok dancers Absolutely. got a hold of it. And it was just playing nonstop everywhere. It was just like Savage, Savage, Savage. And um, the magic of Beyonce is that she's able to come onto a track that you never wanted to hear again. Right. And then all of a sudden you wanted to hear it again. So I see what you mean, Blake, in the sense that like uh, before Beyonce jumped onto the track, before the remix came out, right. Savage itself probably would not have stood, which is why I agree with you, Daniel, when you say, say so with Doja Cat. Yeah kind of comes in in that way because Say So does have a remix, but the original version was better. You know, it didn't need the Nicki remix. We also have to mention that the eligibility period of the Grammys is September 1st, 2019 to August 31st, 2020. So the song has to have had been released mm-hmm. in that period. In Which order for both it to... of those versions were. Okay. Like yeah. the original yeah. and the remix. Can I? I... Okay, Go so that's it. where I'm coming from with Savage. Let's talk about Black Parade, Beyonce. Again, we stand for our queen. And she literally created an anthem that I feel like is the fiber of Black folks for the year 2020, Mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, I feel like I don't know for me if Black Parade, I don't hear Black Parade 
like I hear these other records first yeah. and foremost. Okay, I agree. And I think that when you have record of the year, which it's crossing over genres, yeah. the winner should be the song that despite what genre of music you listen to, you know that song. And for whatever Absolutely. reason, you know all the words to that song. Why all is it? Words. It's because it's, play, It's you know what I mean? And I expect a record of the year. This is the record that if you have your little baby who's two years old, or you have your grandmother's grandmother who's in the car, they are mouthing the words. They don't know who the artist is. They don't know what genre it is, but they're able to still sing along, right? And for see, me, Black Parade does not do that. That's savage right so there. Like everything <sighs> but moving on to album of the year album of the year so we have uh chilombo with janae aiko black pumas deluxe edition by the black pumas everyday life by coldplay de jesse volume three by jacob collier women in music part three by hyam future nostalgia with dua lipa hollywood's bleeding post malone and folklore by taylor swift can someone uh, walk me through before we start? Why is Post Malone in every other category? Child, I was thinking the same damn thing. I, I'm not <laughs> even going to pretend it's Chilombo. Like, it's Chilombo. Yeah, I, listen, I'll like admittedly put myself on blast because I didn't give Janae the credit that she deserved when it first came out. Now, listen, I absolutely I remember like, you were not. I will speak on what I do know. Um, I did listen to Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia. The album is fantastic from start to finish. Um, I think it's a great pop album. Um, I will say that, but we'll get to that a little bit later. For some reason, I just feel like Taylor Swift is going to take this. This is like so funny because the day Taylor Swift dropped Folklore was also the same day that Flo Millie dropped her album. And so... I listened to Flo Millie's and not Folklore. I have also not really, listened to... Really, that's out of to... character for you. <laughs> <laughs> so then the next category that we are going to go over is Best New Artist. Again, this category is one of those categories that's going to cross genres. Yes. And also, some of these names are huge names, and some of them are still up and coming. Nominees are Ingrid Andres. Okay. Phoebe sure. Bridgers. Chica. Noah Cyrus. D Smoke, Doja Cat, K Trinata, and Megan the Stallion. The answer is Megan <laughs> the Stallion. Now, as much as I would agree with you, I feel like Best New Artist is definitely one of those categories that can go any which any way. Because we've seen yeah. that happen in the past. Mm -hmm. It's really odd to see some of these people on here because I've been listening to them for a while. Phoebe Bridgers and K Trinata are not new artists. This is one of those categories that I feel like is going to come down to doja v megan and i have to be honest i want megan to win but i think it's going to be doja which i'm totally um, fine with her blow I'm okay with has either just one, been honestly. yeah no absolutely i think both of them equally deserve it to be really mm -hmm. really honest i agree but, but i think doja's gonna sweep um her entire album it's just so it's so eclectic and, and i feel mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it's hard to compete with that you know i was very surprised to see noah cyrus on this on this list yeah but i will say that her music is good i've listened to noah cyrus one song in particular i got so high that i saw jesus um <laughs> and it's actually okay okay that's the name of the song yeah i got so high that i saw jesus he said it's all gonna be okay you just need me in your heart tonight 
so high that I saw Jesus and we just side-eyed each other. He said, you're supposed to be on the elevator going down. What happened, sir? He's like, what you doing up here? <laughs> uh, but it is a good song. So moving forward, we have Best Pop Vocal Album. And our nominees are Changes by Justin Bieber, Chromatica by Lady Gaga, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa, Fine Line by Harry Styles, and then Folklore by Taylor Swift. I have a lot to say about this category. Uh, I will say Chromatica was probably a return to a lot of the things that I loved about Gaga. Fine Line by Harry Styles is a fantastic album. I Amazing. think people mm -hmm. sleep on that man. Mm -hmm. um, that man is multi-talented. Uh, or I want to sleep with that man. Both. Agreed. But I will, I will say, above all, I think Dua Lipa is going to take this with Future Nostalgia. as an album from start to finish is fantastic every single track it is referential to a lot of 70s disco a lot of 80s pop as well i would say i also appreciate the fact that um a couple years ago you know the, the kids were coming for dua lipa for not even mm -hmm. being the best performer and the bitch was like let me go ahead and and Can she did the work and she put in the work performance where she came out with all the bitches at the EMAs and she like her come up was legendary. And I feel mm -hmm. like ever since yeah. that performance, it's just like catapulted into yeah. a success. But I just really like Harry Styles. Like I just <laughs> I love know. the gender bending. I love the non-conforming aspect. I loved him. But also though, Dua Lipa, she takes it. I'm not going to be upset. She was so good. That album was so good. And honestly, mm -hmm. if the pandemic was not happening, that would have been the album of the summer. Everybody would have been playing that as they were riding I to the beach. That. It was perfect. That album is perfect. All right. And we are going to talk about best progressive R&B album. I already know going into this, Blake and I might have a disagreement. I'm ready. <laughs> I came ready to have this. Um, it's going to because... be Tyson and Jones again. <laughs> Our nominees are Janaiko for Chilombo, Chloe and Hallie for Ungodly Hour, Free Nationals, Free Nationals, <laughs> Fuck Your Feelings by Robert glasper and it is what it is by thundercat okay blake um i know that probably for you and i it's between janae and chloe and hallie and i mm -hmm. feel like you're going towards chloe and hallie am i incorrect or am i correct that'll be an accurate statement um it's chilombo okay so let me just tell you um <laughs> <laughs> i'll you know i'm here for you um next year when they announce that it is ungodly hour i'll be there for you i still love okay, you okay no let it. me tell you let me tell you why okay I loved Ungodly Hour. And from start to finish, I can play Ungodly Hour, no skips. It was a whole moment. The visuals they've been giving us, I love it, okay? However, um, for me, when I listen to an 
album versus a mixtape or an EP or dropping singles. I'm very interested in the story. Janae's angry in the beginning. She's going over this breakup. All the phases yeah. of her growth and her mm -hmm. healing. Yeah. And um, for me, when I'm listening to an album, I personally like to see that, hear it, feel it, like feel the story progress and have different moments or moods or whatever, which I feel like I got more of that with Chalumbo. I will completely support the fact that Janae's album, the narrative is there. But I don't think that narrative supersedes uh, the overall presentation. And the girls, the celestial divine angels, known as Chloe and Halle, uh, gave us an album that literally carried us through this pandemic. Hit me with your eyes. I ain't never seen that kind of you. You walking over here. The way that it went down last when I knew. We've been talking all night. But I can tell you need to work on you, you, you like you, you, you like you, like you. Mm. You be playing sweet, but baby, don't you know that talk is cheap? Can't fool me. I wish that you could back it up for me, me, me like me, me, me like me. You And I don't think that that should be um, overlooked. Okay. Well, look, here's the thing. Either way, I think it's between them two. And if Chloe and Hallie get it, well-deserved. If Janae mm -hmm. gets it, well-deserved. I'm just leaning slightly more towards Chalombo than Ungodly Hour. But that is not to say that Ungodly Hour wasn't a whole last moment. So, Daniel, 
break the tie or you're getting kicked <laughs> off the show. You better not come out here saying um, it's somebody else up in the category. So I'm going to go. <laughs> it is what it is by Thundercat. Now, well, how about this? How about this? Chloe and Hallie take Do It uh, in Best R&B Song, and then Chilomba will take Best Album. How about we not and say we did, but that was a good idea. <laughs> Look, I'm like, I either one, either one I'm happy with. Okay, so I kind of want us to talk a little bit about the process of yeah. these, the nomination, what goes in, who makes these decisions. So there has been a lot of drama surrounding the nomination process. Essentially, like, the voting process is largely made in secret. There's a pool of about 10,000 musical artists, producers, different people in the music industry who are in charge of the voting process so they nominate certain artists or certain songs uh and then they hand it off to a committee there's a top 20 generally uh that's given to that committee that committee who we have no idea who they are then narrow down those 20 to five and then it is given back to the pool of ten thousand, and then they cast their votes i'm i don't mind the secrecy of the exact people that are voting on this. So like, let me put it like, if we were to know the demographics, if we were to know and they were to be able to release to the public, okay, here's the demographics of who it is that is voting. So we can see as a public, like we know that there is fair representation in the voting process. I wouldn't be tripping if I don't know who that exact representer is. Because I don't know, personally, I kind of like the secrecy of we don't know who we're appealing to, so we just need to make it good. However, though, we've seen time and time again that really good music and influential music gets missed. I mean, the fact that some like Tupac and has never won a Grammy, right? He's right. still to this day, you know, 20 plus years after his death, one of the most influential people in music. And so it then also begs to like, who are making these decisions and what accountability do they have then if they're able to make these really big decisions to say like, who's the best in music when you have, you'll have categories where like Macklemore will win over Kendrick Lamar. And you're like, who's voting on that? I mean, you have Macklemore and then you have Kendrick Lamar who's won a Pulitzer prize. Like, come on. I think my problem is two things. The biggest one is I think there's way too many chefs in the kitchen in regards to people voting for this. I think that a lot of the times we um, are, I guess, specifically with the Grammys, we have a thousand people that are lending hand to a vote, but those thousand people aren't diverse in every single category that they're voting on. So I think that we need to like minimize the number um, a lot and just have curators that like, you know, are very, very well diverse in all genres of music. With that being said, though, I feel like the genres of the categories, all of that needs to be, I think, redefined because yes, to your point beforehand, some of these artists that are in categories with a Kendrick Lamar, I don't think... They even belong in that category. <laughs> oh, and so I think that we really need to redefine a lot of the genres that we have um, and make them almost a little bit more, I know we always cape for, you know, things being a lot more inclusive and everything, and we want to make space for everybody. But I think that we can have space for everybody and still have separate categories for everybody in mm -hmm. regards to the Grammys, right? Because you can't just throw in a whole bunch of bitches together who don't appeal to that same tone and style of music, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where a lot of it goes awry. And 
I don't think it lends much way to people who are genre bending in their music. Exactly. And Tyler, Tyler, the creator, spoke to this one year because yeah. he, you know, um, was nominated and I believe he won a Grammy for um, Flower Boy, which if anybody listening listens to Tyler Crater's like discography before Flower Boy, very different. Yeah. Like yeah. very different. His music kind of used to scare me a little bit. And, now and then the... Flower Boy was really good. <laughs> yeah. And it was bending. And he made this comment saying like, I got nominated in like urban contemporary music. And he said, it felt like you were saying, oh yeah, you made a genre bending album, but you're black. So this is what we're going to slap yeah, it honestly. with. And not acknowledging that fluidity within the album. And then also yeah. that fluidity exists so much when it comes to up and coming artists. I can't really think of any artist that is like restricting themselves to one genre or like That's I could drill them down. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you don't have to. Like there's people essentially, you know, flow themselves between like pop and then rap and then you know mm -hmm. r&b and it's like you can't really classify it as one thing anymore yeah before we go snubs okay um i'm gonna say this and um very upset i was mourning all week about it because <laughs> kaylani's album it was good until it wasn't is the best album of the year I mean, when we're talking about genre bending, she had rappers on it. She's an R&B artist herself. She had Masego, who does more like of a classical approach to her. I mean, it was everything. The fact that she didn't receive not one nomination for not one song, let alone the album in general, either in best R&B category or in best album. I mean, it to me is the biggest snub of the year. I know people are going to be talking about The weekend, but uh, Kehlani. Listen, friend, uh, her album was certainly the second best album of the year. I agree 100%. But I feel like um, she sh there's 83 categories. The bitch could have been in at least one, like you said. Her album yes. was far exceeded half of these bitches that are in here and i know that a lot of the times we get rappers and everything that are like listen we just need to create our own platform because we're tired of being snubbed right and we need to not act brand new every time the grammys comes around and decide to leave an artist that's revered in the community but leave them out of the nominations so uh, yeah they say the weekend i don't i listened to his album in its entirety i wasn't i didn't love it but I know Drake was left out as well. Um, and I feel like for Drake, at least he makes an album ever of the month. So like, if you missed it on this mark, it's all right. We got, I'm sure you'll make seven more before 2021 is over. Word on the street is we call it like we see it in our segment entitled The Category Is. So buckle up, put your feelings aside because nobody is safe. Miss Sterling, honey, what's the category? The category is Full House. People Magazine released a story about Lori Laughlin and her husband, Mosimo Giannulli? Massimo. And <laughs> Massimo Giannulli, whatever. <laughs> the, and all about their lives in prison. I do not give a shit about their lives in oh prison. God. People do better. They're not even in a whole 30 days, are they? Uh, Massimo is the man who makes uh, shirts at Target. Oh, I got some of them. The category <laughs> is burn after reading. According to page6.com, the soon-to-be former first lady is taking meetings about the possibility of penning a memoir. The book would be primarily about her time in the White House and perhaps more importantly to her, would give her a chance for her to earn on her own. 
The source continues that Donald Trump is encouraging her on the deal, a deal that will likely finance legal aid regarding the onslaught of lawsuits facing down the Trump family. Christmas just won't be the same without you, Melania. I'm working like a ass, my ass. I know. Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a f about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? Category is the devil works hard, but Ron DeSantis works harder. Governor of Florida Ron DeSantis has just extended his statewide order, which prohibits a city, county, province, anything from enforcing a mask mandate. Now keep in mind, y'all were still in a global pandemic and this motherfucker is saying, screw that, we cannot have a mask mandate. I just feel like that's like a bitch's house burning and then you being like, nope, no water allowed. Did you just have a stroke? <laughs> Y'all giving me strokes out here. I'm very upset with these just <laughs> ignorant ass people who are in positions of power. Like how y'all so dumb? Mm. The category is blocked. The Supreme Court blocks COVID-19 restrictions on religious services in New York. Now, I have not been to church in a long, long, long time. But if you need to go to a church building to have a connection with God, I think you need to work on your connection with God, not the building. Ooh. Where two or more are gathered. And that's just what I got to say about that. <laughs> the category is holiday plays. Amazon Music has teamed up with Little Nas X to host an upcoming holiday concert series that will include live performances by a variety of artists, including the Foo Fighters, Miley Cyrus, and Kiana Lede. In addition to accessing the series on Amazon Music, it'll also be available to watch on Amazon Prime Video. The series starts on December 1st and will continue each Tuesday through December 15th. Catch me watching Kiana Lede on repeat. The category is who needs Tamara when we have Tia. Oh One half of sister sister Tamara Mori Housley thought it smart to comment on Remy Ma's uh, post celebrating black love and decided to include the fact that it is so important for interracial love to be recognized as well. Now, yes, interracial love is very important, but like we don't have to stop someone else's celebration to cheer for our own. She is, she does that all of the time. Girl, stop. Oh. We get it. You married a white man. She just all lives mattered a post about black love. She said, oh wait, your house is burning and you need water? But no, but like my house may burn down. It doesn't matter if the, the house was on fire because Ron DeSantis said we don't got water. That part. Um, Listen, y'all, all good things must come to an end. But like always, we will be back next Tuesday for another episode. Comments, questions, and concerns can be sent to they came, they saw, they spoke it at gmail.com. And stay up to date with the latest news on our social media at a slate of affairs pod. Lastly, a big please and thank you to all of you who uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. The love never goes unnoticed. Bye.